This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture Communication and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Shelby Joe Long. I'm CEO of Business Dynamics and Senior Vice President of the Strategic Advisor Board. And today I have the opportunity to interview a genius that has created a business out of their passion and so they can provide that service to the world. I'm very excited about this interview today. I met Leanne last week. And just hearing her story and hearing her new project that's launching, very excited to be able to get this out into the world and so other people can know more about it. Such a fun project. So today we have the opportunity to hear from Leanne Linsky with Plausible. And Plausible is a live online entertainment platform to connect comedians to a live audience. I think it's so, such a fun thing to do. So Leanne, welcome to the interview today. I'm excited that you're here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be uh, to be on your podcast. I'm, I'm so happy to be here and I love talking, especially after not talking to people for so long. <laughs> right. We get kind of in our, in our space and we're on Zoom meetings so much and we have all that happening and it's... It's interesting because with with your business, which I'm going to let you introduce, but your business is all about interaction and being live and being in front of audiences. And and you have such an amazing background. I can't wait to dig into it a little bit more. But why don't you tell the audience about your business? Sure. So as Shelby, as you mentioned, uh, it's called Plausible. Basically, you can give and get laughs, live stand-up comedy from anywhere. So in the past, uh, comedians. So I've been doing stand-up. Com- I've been doing comedy se- since I don't know over twenty years, and um, I've found from my own experience, and obviously with commiserating with other comedians, we've historically always been challenged to get stage time, especially when we're just starting out. And um, it's not a, as easy as people may think. You don't just call up, you know, like someone like Lauren Michaels and say, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> even though people have suggested that, Um, not necessarily how it works. And also, um, uh, you know, people now, especially are in need of laughs more than ever. And with the pandemic, a lot of things had shut down, but even before then, you know, people were constantly streaming comedy and things like that. In fact, comedy is the second most popular live stream genre right behind breaking news. Go figure, right? Yeah. So um, what better way to solve some of these problems and lower the barrier to entry for up and coming comedians and even longtime comedians who um, haven't moved to one of the coast, you know, to pursue it full time, but are really funny and really good. And this way they can do it from anywhere without having to sacrifice a family and a career and things of that nature. And then also I learned that comedy fans prefer to watch comedy with other people. You know, so although we often find ourselves scrolling on 
Instagram or thing on our feeds looking for some pre-recorded videos, um, people tend to prefer to watch comedy and laugh with others. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, responding to the needs that the need that was created by the pandemic shutdown and the ability that we have to be able to connect with people all over is people are used to doing this. They're used to sitting in front of their, you know, sitting in front of their TVs or their laptops or their devices and with their friends. So I think that's a, I mean, it's something that's just Right. It's such a fun idea. And it's funny because I started um, hosting some online open mics before COVID. And at first people were like, why would you do that? And then COVID happened and people were like, oh, that's why we would do that. Um, And and it kind of, even before COVID, it took off with uh, several, uh, many of my regular comedians who were like, you know, why aren't aren't you charging us for this? Like, this is such a service and it was a different and even in some ways, more intimate format where we could talk with one another and engage in a different way than we don't do in a live in a live setting. So building the platform that I'm building actually takes a lot of things that we've seen in in various places, but brings them all together in one. So so yeah. although we can never replace the magic of in-person events because I mean, how could we? But right. we could we can create something magical you know, over the internet and a a new way of connecting and interacting in these ways with one platform versus uh, cobbling a whole bunch together. And that's, that's what I'm doing here. Oh, so cool. Having accessibility, having the ability to be just, well, and I think it's such a service for comedians too, to be able to be in front of a bigger audience and, you know, to get that because the feedback is different, but there's still the opportunity for feedback, which which I think you'll yeah. talk more about. So. Yeah. So feedback is crucial in comedy, right? Mm-hmm. And it can come back into us. Um, it can come around in many forms, like silence, you know, <laughs> crickets, right? Uh, people getting up and walking out, going to the bar, going to you know to the bathroom, or just completely leaving a, a venue. But it also comes in the form of chuckles and smiles and laughs and, you know, uh, audible, audible feedback in that sense. And then, of course, and unfortunately, in recent events, you know, we've even seen it come out in in violent acts, which we do not want (laughs) at all. And um, I think, you know, learning the art of receiving feedback is one thing. And comedians, we, we have to really be observant and to do that in order to evolve and grow as an artist and and to be better. And at the same time, I think as an audience, there's it's a skill. Giving helpful feedback is is uh is something I think we could use more practice at, you know, rather than reacting and and you know acting out, but instead being able to verbalize and communicate what exactly we liked and what exactly we didn't like, you know, even in general, like even when it's positive, like that was amazing. Great. A comedian goes, what was amazing about it? Which part did you like? I often have, especially with new comedians who say, but why was that funny? And they don't know, you know, was it my timing? You know, I've done that joke 10 times, but this time it was funny. What did I do different? And so those things are really important on both sides, I think. And it, and art is collaborative, you know, it's not done in, in isolation. 
um, even writing a book, you know, we could sit and, and you know, you're an expert in, in writing books to sit and write a book and and then not share any of it until the very end and come out and expect that people are going to love it. <laughs> it's kind of hard right. to go back and and edit an entire book, but we do it in pieces. And it's the same with comedy. We we don't sit down and write an entire set. And I mean, if someone out there is doing that, I want to meet you. <laughs> and like, if you're writing an entire set in one shot, that's impressive. But typically we write one joke at a time and it and they, it, we work it out. And so usually it's too long to begin with and we wordplay it, we wordsmith it, we get feedback, we, you know, tweak it and change it and edit. And it's a ongoing process. And, and I, that's what I'm excited about with this platform is because um, right now, you know, if we go see comedy in person, which we always probably, I hope always will continue to do, but if we go to comedy in person, we're limited geographically. So we're only be, we're only able to see who maybe the venue books, right. Or who lives locally in our area or specific comedians who maybe choose to tour in our area. But that's that has limitations to it and online that kind of cracks it open to a global scale of like what we have access to and what if i could go on and and see shows that you know from people in other countries around the world and you know with comedy there's truth in comedy so i which i love and so many different perspectives and obser- observations of society and and culture and relationships and um, so much to learn. And so that kind of cracks that open and reduces those barriers. And then we can learn from one each one another. But on this platform, you're not just watching in a passive manner like we would on TV. We have various ways that you'll be able to engage. Um, you know, like our first our first uh, rollout with this beta and the features that we're sharing, you know, will be similar to like some of the features you have seen in a, in a zoom or a, a Google meets or, or something like that, where you can sure. do some emojis and do some chats, but planned future things, there's other ways that you'll be able to react and give feedback. But also like right now, if you go to a venue, you can rate and review a venue and leave a venue feedback. But if that comedian was passing through town, are they going to ever go back and read the venue reviews? That's more about the food or the beverage or the ticket price, or, you know, who knows what, um, how clean their bathroom was. <laughs> and then, right. but on our platform, former. yeah, you'll be able to rate and review comedians and share with them what you thought about their set, what really resonated with you or what maybe took you, you know, off guard or, you know, maybe, maybe you're, uh, you know, you're, you don't even know it yet, but you're a comedian in the, in the process and you want to collaborate and build some jokes. You could leave that. So this kind of takes it to a, a different level of how we interact and how we communicate with one another so that we have a better understanding, especially in a time I could talk about this forever. So jump in <laughs> anytime, but even, you know, uh, comedians now are, are like, well, is this acceptable anymore? You know, what are, where, yeah. are, where do we draw the lines? And I think these are really good conversations to have and, um, and why not open them up with our audience? Like, sure. where do you draw the line and, and why are you still watching <laughs> if we crossed it, you know, like, you know, and, and how do we, um, I think, 
I, I love comedy because I feel it's uh people who do it are typically, you know, I, they're they're smart. And I love it when people play to the top of their intelligence and and audiences are very smart and they're much smarter than sometimes they're given credit for. And um, you know, I, that's why I don't know, I just could go on forever about this, but that's why I want to bring these two people, these two groups of people, comedy fans and comedians together in a more collaborative space that just cracks it wide open for everybody to be involved. Absolutely. I think that's the every you talk about audience and feedback and interaction and all of those things are so I mean, I'm a I teach communication. That's like the basic principles of that. And to entertain an audience also requires that you as a speaker have some knowledge about the audience and that you need that feedback to understand what's resonating. And I just, I think it's all it's, this is like all my communication theory. (laughs) It's just so fun to be able to, to, and and your platform is just going to provide that accessibility. So I think that's really, that's really amazing. I want to back up a little bit. I want to get into, I want you to tell us a little bit about your background and your history and how you got into comedy. You're clearly very passionate about it, but I want to, I want to hear a little bit about your narrative story about your, your experience in comedy. Sure. Yeah. So, well, to start way back, my parents are pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) My brothers are pretty funny. Uh, our family has a quick wit, quick wit, and um, a sense of humor. You know, and it, I learned um, in my life that humor is such a great release of tension. It can de-escalate, de-escalate situations fairly quickly, and it can connect people. And you know, uh, years ago. So I, when I graduated college, so I, I grew up in Chicago area. So I'm uh, people in Chicago area are very familiar with Second City. And I remember going to see them and everything in high school at one point. And I was like, wow, they're really smart people. And they did political satire and like all this stuff. Very impressive. And then didn't think much about comedy other than interacting with my family and, and, and on that level. And then, um, after college, I worked for a fortune 500 for nearly 13 years. And during that time I had held different roles, but I was always the person in charge of planning our quarterly meetings and events and, uh, presenting and hosting. And eventually it, accumulated into where they said, we're going to design a position for you as manager of cultural development. And this is way back (laughs) in the way back machine for a lot of people (laughs) were talking about company culture and things of that nature. But what we, what people, uh, you know, we were nationwide company and we're one of the largest home builders and we lived, I lived in Las Vegas. I went to school in Las Vegas. So I moved from Chicago to Las Vegas what a difference, what a great place to be when you're 20s. And right. um, and we just had so much fun. And the events instead of meetings became other things. And anyway, I ended up doing a lot of public speaking. And I've always, because of my family and the way we, my parents always encouraged me to practice speaking in front of other people, I was always comfortable. So at this particular job, I remember a visiting um, president came 
within the corporation, not a like <laughs> political president right. came and sat in my office and and he said, you know, have have you ever considered taking improv classes at the second city or something like that? And I was like, no, why? And he's like, because I think maybe that's something you should look into. And then like a week later, I opened, uh, I think it was City Life magazine, a local publication, and it, it flipped right open to a second city ad. I'm like, well, that's weird. I'd never paid any attention. There was a second city training center in Las Vegas at the time. And that's when Jason Sudeikis was uh, on the main stage and Kate Cannon was on the main stage and Joe Kelly and all, like people who went on to, obviously to do amazing things. Yeah. And so I went and I called and they had some classes coming up and I signed and I was bit by the comedy bug. And I went to, and did all these improv classes in my as a hobby. So before I go down this rabbit hole, because again, I could talk about comedy all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> uh, eventually my job ended. We know what happened in home building, right? And um, and over that time that I had been taking these classes for years, I had traveled to New York and studied with Upright Citizens Brigade and, you know, in an intensive and I've gone and done these things and I, and I loved it. And so some of the people I had met in New York uh, reached out to me and said, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I just lost my job. And they said, Oh, well, you said if you didn't have that job that you love so much, you would move to New York. And I, this person was graduating uh, college and said, Hey, I am, uh, once I graduate, I'm moving to New York and I found a place to sublet. Do you want a room with me and save money? And I was like, Well, think about it. And he goes, You have one hour. And I said, An hour? And he's like, One hour, because it'll be gone. I said, Okay. And I got up from my office because I was still working. And, um, walked around the building a couple times and went back in. I said, okay, I'm in. And a month later I packed up two suitcases and I went to New York city. Um, totally immersed myself. I ended up living there for almost nine years. I, uh, um, took every class I possibly could in comedy. I auditioned, I was acting. I did my one woman show. Um, uh, I did, you know, that I took to Delaware and DC back to New York. I did, I ran an open mic for seven and a half years in New York city. I produced a show, a weekly stand-up show. Um, I think my last year in New York and I did 42 shows that year, um, with that. And, and then I ended up on the West coast and, you know, in the LA area and people are like, Oh yeah. Did you move to LA for your comedy? And my answer is, well, I guess you could say that I moved there for a man and that turned out to be a joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but I ended up meeting another awesome uh man in my life and we've been together ever since. But but from there, um I found myself sitting in traffic for for like days, right? Because yeah. it's LA. I'm like, I'm spending more traffic time in traffic than I am on stage. This is insane. And that's when I thought I'm I miss my friends in New York. I miss you know, doing these things and having this camaraderie and I took it online. And I think that was in August of 2019. And mm-hmm. after a month or two, they're like, you know, why are you charging us for this mic? We're getting all this feedback. We're doing all these things. And so I was like, wow, if I, if, if I'm onto something and if I could do that, how do I scale this? And I was trying to figure that out. I ended up going back to school and got my master's in innovation and entrepreneurship. From there, I went in an incubator, got accepted into the Long Beach Accelerator. And then uh, I just uh, became a part of the eighth cohort for uh, WTIA, the Washington 
technology industry association uh, accelerator. So we're starting that. We received a pre-seed round for Plausible with the Long Beach Accelerator, which that's where we're at. And we're getting ready to launch our beta version because before I was using all existing technologies um, to to run those mics and test out ideas and to do things. And so I'm really excited to kind of bring this forward. But that's where I got. That's how I got here. (laughs) So it's you have so many fun experiences along the way. And I, cause you worked in it, you worked in a corporation and you were mm-hmm. doing these culture pieces and then, and then you were inspired to do more comedy. When did the entrepreneurship bug kind of hit you? When did uh, uh, you had that influence before? Or, cause I, I, I have had, had a similar experience myself. Not an, it was an, I'm in academia and I was like, eh, I want to see what else is next. What else I can <laughs> do with my expertise. And so and I, I remember the day that that happened. So I'm just curious about when when the shift happened to entrepreneurship. Yeah. So when I was working for um, the corporation uh, during that time, and I was doing these classes and everything. And, and while I was there, although I was doing all these events, I was also I had done bookkeeping. I had, I had worked in their accounting department for several years when I started. I had done market research. So this is part of an important part of the journey, right? So I had started out in accounting. I ended up going into market research for several years. From there, I went out into the field and did construction. Uh, I, I, w- I started out as like a coordinator doing all the construction scheduling. And then I became a back-end superintendent, taking the house from drywall to finish. And then from there, I did all of the service. I was a service manager. So I had a team of service reps and we managed all the homes in, uh, in a quarter of the valley for warranty service, right? And then yeah. I went into this cultural development. But all those things were important because I learned so much about business, like all so many different angles. It wasn't just like I was, you know, I was like, the, I've was like in this one specialty area and that was it. Right. But when I started taking those classes, that's where I really got bit. And I could see where everything I had learned at this company was so valuable. And it was while I was in Vegas, I was like, I love doing stand-up. And I was in a ensemble and we were constantly looking for places to perform. And I was, and I was like, why do I have to go knock on everybody's door and asked to perform there and put on a show and, you know, and coordinate with the venue. Why don't I become the venue? So I actually put together a business plan and was scouting out venues on Fremont street before Fremont actually expanded where Zappos came in and bought a bunch of things and did, but there was, there were all these abandoned buildings down there. And now they're, they've built up quite a bit since, but this was before the the market crash and everything. Things were booming and I was negotiating a lease in a building that I was going to transform into a live entertainment venue. And I had worked closely with a contact at House of Blues. And I had worked closely with the Second City because I was at their training center and and coordinated and, and agreed with them. Like uh, House of Blues might send me four walls that were too small for their venue. And, you know, like Nora Jones and people like that. And then uh, Second City's cast could come and perform in my venue on their off nights under a different name, things like that. We were talking and I was so excited and I was ready to invest everything into this venue and I couldn't get ter- lease terms. Um, ah. And I met with the gentleman and I had my realtor broker and all of this and he refused to put in writing. He goes, you have my word. <laughs> I'm like, 
I can't, I can't throw, you know, a half million dollars into building improvements for you on your word that in five years you'll renew. So and I had worked with a city, the city of Las Vegas was fantastic and and working with, but that's when I had the bug initially. And then from there, um, I realized that that I, I had to walk away from that deal. I would have lost everything. And um, and thank goodness I did. Looking back, you know, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. But that's when I first had the bug. And then from there, I really learned, I think, more about being an entrepreneur by being an actor and a, and a comedian. Sure. Um, I was a business. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way all the time. Yourself. Yeah, but I had to treat it that way, and I had I had to I set a schedule. You know, I took jobs. I I didn't always, you know, I didn't. Contrary to popular belief, you know, not everybody makes a lot of money or any money. Sometimes it's very inconsistent. Sometimes actors and comedians are paid with you know bartering situations, or yeah. I'll buy you dinner, <laughs> or I'll buy you a drink, or you know just random things like that. It, it's very inconsistent, and even though I'd book paying commercials and stuff like that, you know, um, comedians, it, 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 we're just not, it's not like, Hey, we're making a salary. <laughs> it's, right. it's a, it's a gig economy and it's, sure. it's a little bit more challenging. And this is even before like YouTube and Facebook lives, those things didn't exist at the time. I mean, YouTube, they existed, but they weren't, they didn't have all the features that they have now for some people to break out from other places. So yeah, I, I really got bit in that. And I really learned how to run my, my acting as a business um, sure. and applied basically everything I had learned in corporate to my one, one person <laughs> business of, of that. And then from there, it, it just grew. And I actually have a coaching business that I, so when I came to the West coast and I was spending time in traffic. I also started a podcast and we did a hundred episodes. And, um, but when we did our first, after we did our first three episodes, you know, we batched recorded and we walked out of that, those sessions and I shook my head and I was like, I don't know what happened. Like, none of that was funny. Like, I don't. And I was like, I think I went home and I Googled coaching. Like I need to figure out how to talk with people yeah. instead of at people. And I had spent so many years on the stage doing those things. I'm like, I need to know how to have really deep and meaningful conversations. And so I ended up going into coaching so that I could practice the art of that, which led to me running a coaching business. Yeah, that's, I have similar experience going from being a lecturer and telling information and expecting them to remember it to how there's a total difference between that type of communication and between the engagement and yes. making sure the understanding is happening and, and giving agency to your audience and all those kinds of things, totally different. And it was a, that was a light bulb moment for me. I was like, Oh, I gotta, I'm a trained communicator. <laughs> and I have to figure out how to communicate differently. So that's uh, which speaks to a skill that you have from, from the areas that you've developed. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was all of that life changing. Uh, it's it sounds like everything was kind of pushing you towards that entrepreneurship. And as a comedian, you sell yourself to the audience. You connect with the audience, and that's everything about sales and everything about asking for money. It's all persuasion. It's all kind of tied together. So yes, absolutely. And it's yeah. so, you know, here I worked for 
um, this large corporation for years. Before that, I had other jobs where I worked, you know, I had worked for the phone company, you know, through high school and my first couple of years of college for years. And I, and that was another talk about another big corporation, right? This is before cell phones. I know hard to believe because I'm only 25, but right. <laughs> I would guess. Um, but you know, and then after I moved to New York, I promised myself that I would not take a job that I love more than comedy. Because if I had a backup plan, I would always be falling back on my backup plan. So it was a promise to myself not to do that. And so I did things like I, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do like, you know, the quintessential actor thing and wait some tables. I did that. Highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Very humbling experience. I think it's something that everybody should be required to do once in their life. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did that. Um, I But I took other jobs. I worked, you know for a couple of years at an investment bank, which wonderful people that I met there. Um, and I started feeling comfortable and I quit because, you know, after a while I'm like, I'm too comfortable. I'm not, I, I need to push myself farther in these other areas that I promised myself and not get so comfortable. And then, you know, um, did my comedy and acting for a while. And then I went back and found another full-time, you know, position uh, as director of marketing for another company, a much smaller, small, you know, not a corporation, but a small mom, you know, mom and pop yeah. run family owned business. And that was a whole experience so different from corporate world. So, and I, and I also managed, you know, managed a theater for a while, which gave me a lot of background and uh, name it, you know, lifetime of fun <laughs> job. Right. Job, you know, different types of jobs thing. It's like, this is interesting. What can I, what can I learn from this? And each thing was so completely different from the next, which, you know, the, the, I think the days of people having 30 year careers and a pension are gone. And I think we're reaching that for sure. So, you know, yeah, I don't meet many people, well, young people today that have that in their, in their pocket. And so I think that, that each, each job that I've held, um, there, there's such a value to it in each lesson that comes with it and each relationship with that business or the coworkers and everything brings something that I, that I can now look back on as an entrepreneur and go, thank God for that experience. You definitely have entrepreneurship in your blood because <laughs> you're like, I'm not going to do anything that I love more than comedy. And then when you get comfortable, you go somewhere else. So it's like dealing with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and that you have your passion and you want to keep that and you want to keep focusing your genius, but then you know there has to be some areas to support that too. So then mm -hmm. you you have true entrepreneurship in your and, and it's a it's a truly a genius entrepreneur, right? You're focusing where you want to focus, what makes you happy. Now you're to the space where you're going to make this more accessible to people. And I, I, your project is plausible. Um, tell us about that. And the, tell us about the launch that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah. So yeah, as I mentioned, the, someone were to go and check out what we're doing now, we're using existing technologies like zoom and things like that to connect and to use, but what we're launching this fall uh, around the first to mid November I, it's tentative because yeah, software development is that way because <laughs> there's so many things to be done. Um, but we're going to be launching a freemium version 
so that people can, we're going to onboard our comedians first and get them familiar and trained on how to use the dashboard and maybe do some practice shows with each other. And then after we give them a period of time to get settled in and to get some shows on the calendar, we will invite our comedy fans to come on in. So what's going to happen is that uh, whether you're a comedy fan or a comedian, you go to our, you'll go to our homepage, plausible.com, and you'll be able to log in. So you can log in with Facebook, Twitter, or Google so that it makes it easy and it will just hold your password from there and you can go right in, or you can create your own, you know, username and password. And then it's going to ask you to go ahead and set, tell us a little bit about yourself. And the reason we ask this is, uh, how, First of all, I want to know who you are so we know what kind of comedy you're looking for, right? What types of comedy do you like? Do you like clean comedy? Do you like moderately clean comedy? Do you like club humor? Do you like, you know, what we call blue humor, which is, you know, very crass and vulgar. Some people like it. I don't know. But, you know, like, I don't, I, we need to know that in order to make recommendations or, uh, so that you know what to expect when you see a, a comedian, because likewise, the comedian will say, I am these things, you know, I am a clean comic. I am a vulgar comic, <laughs> I am, or however we want to word it. But, but that way we can match you up. It's kind of like a dating site. Right. And then yeah. tell us a little bit about what kind of comedy do you like? Do you like, you know, wordplay with puns and, you know, things like that? Do you like slapstick humor? Do you, you know, that's more physical and silly. Do you like, um, relationship humor? Do you like political humor? Do you like religious humor? So do you know, do you like deadpan? Do you like Stephen Wright? Do you like, so we have all of these choices that you can select as many as you would like, and then tell us what you don't like, what you don't want to see. So we don't make those recommendations. So you can even upload a little uh, photo of yourself, you know, show us who you are. And, um, if you want to skip that step and get right to it, the next step will take you in and then you can uh, see our directory of comedians and you can hover over them and see their bio and what they do and what they're about. And you can follow them. So following people here, you're not going to be seeing posts from them all day about like what they had for breakfast or how they walked their dog or it's not that at all. You just follow them. So if you follow them, then you'll be alerted when they when they post a show. And it's like, oh, I like that person. They just posted a show. Let me see if it fits in my schedule. So you'll only be alerted for those kind of things. You don't have to, it's not another social media site that you have to like spend hours going down rabbit holes with right. <laughs> just when it comes to watching shows, right? And um, and so, so we'll ask you those kind of things. And same thing, you know, when a comedian logs in, they'll be able to set up their profile. You can go to their page and see it. So you know, that's the other thing I found. A lot of comedians are like, I don't have a website, but then all of a sudden they're like, I need a website. How do I get a website? So we've taken care of that for them. They have, this is their site. You can go and check them out. Like, and then not only that, as this populates and people start seeing shows and reviewing shows, you can see what other people said about their show, right? It's kind of like a Yelp. 
So you can do that, but you don't have to download everything, anything. It's all cloud-based. So you log in and then when it's time to see a show, you click on it, you go live like this. We have a different setup for our screen and, and all of that, which we'll have a little demo and everything next month so that people, when they say, Hey, this is, this sounds interesting. I want to check this out. Then get on our wait list in October and we'll be sure to alert you the moment that it launches in November and we'll get you on there. Oh, so cool. I can't wait. It's so, it's so, it's just an exciting platform. It's something that's so new. You're solving a problem for not only comedians, but then also audiences that want access. Like I'm in Montana. And so there's not a ton of live shows, but I know that I know people have even left Montana to go to Chicago to be able to be around more of that. So I think there's such an opportunity for comedians to collaborate and an opportunity for audiences. I think there's, it's going to be really amazing to see how those connections really start to thrive. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. And it's coming up. That's right. And, and it's live. So it's not like it's all pre-recorded and you just get a little clip here or there. It's live. You see them in action, working out material and, and, you know, right there on the spot and, yeah, like you say, you don't you're not limited anymore by your location. Right. Oh, that's so cool. Well, where can where can our audience find out more about plausible? I mean, you have the website and all that. Yeah. So it'll be launched on plausible.com. And I will also drop a link to you for our waitlist page. And we'll put it in the what is it? The no, the description. <laughs> the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So I'll share that with you. And if anybody wants to do that, they can reach out. And if you want my email or contact information, I'll be happy to share that as well. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll include all that in the description so people can have access to that because this will be posted in a few different places. So that's great. Well, Leanne, I am so inspired by your project and I, I look forward to learning more about it and learning more about everything that's going on as far as connecting the comedians and the audiences. And I look forward to being on the wait list and being on the comedy so I can access some of that. I think it's such a, an amazing idea and it's such a, it's a, it solves problems that people might not know that they need, but now <laughs> it's something that's, that provides more access and entertainment. And what more do we need in this world today for sure? Yes, I agree. Yeah. Let's get together and share some laughs. That's what we need now. That's <laughs> so. what we need now for sure. Get together and share some laughs. Well, Leanne, I look forward to speaking with you more and I am excited to introduce this to the audience. I think it's such an amazing program. And uh, is there any final thoughts before we sign off today? Um. Well, I just want everybody to know I'm really excited and I hope to hear from you as long as... I don't know if you heard that car go by, but (laughs) I'm excited uh, to see what happens next with everything on Plausible. Like I said, this is our beta. So this is just our free rollout of of our freemium level. And then coming after that will be some extra special features that I have not yet mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited to figure all those things out. And I... Again, I thank you for coming on and talking to us about how you have taken your genius 
and created a business out of it. It's so inspiring for other entrepreneurs out there that are thinking about, you know, how am I going to get my next paycheck? But pushing forward and living your passion is something that can help us all through that. So I appreciate your story. Appreciate hearing about your background. And I look forward to talking to you next time to another genius entrepreneur to help inspire you to take the next steps in your journey. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Joe Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.